Well, hello there, my dear friends. Welcome to Munich, which, I mean, this is this is absurd. I've actually driven for what? Four and a half hours. Four and a half hours, yeah. yeah. When did you start? 6 a.m. in the morning? 6 in the morning, 6.10. Started three hours until almost Salzburg. Right. From Salzburg to Munich, it's just one and a half hours, but it's yeah. not really a pleasant drive. <laughs> yes. Um, I've actually introduced you before, and you don't actually know that because I've had a quick recording on the GoPro, but for those that are actually listening to this on the other platforms, not YouTube, they're not going to see it. So can you give me a quick rundown? Who are you? Why did I drive to Munich? What are we doing today? All right. I mean, it's quite a like, short story in the end, but... Me and Tim, we met around 10 years ago, I think, randomly on, on a game that some of you maybe played and, and some <laughs> probably didn't, but um, it's it's called War Thunder and it's still, still a running game, but we are not actively playing it anymore. And um, yeah, it's been 10 years and over the over the years we, we progressed and, and got into different sports and different activities over time. And we both probably found love in, in cycling at some point yeah. and connected through cycling. So we actually, the whole relationship moved from from like, um, from like a game we played on, on the computer to real life cycling together and, and trying to meet up each year. Yeah. It got quite complicated due to Corona over the past years, but now we're trying to make it like at least once a year that we do some cycling for a week or so. and. and enjoy time in, in real life and, and yeah. I would say it was like a, an actual bromance that developed through a video game, which, <laughs> you know, it's quite rare. Yeah, it but is, it's rare. a lot of people can relate to it, I think. 100%, I think there's a lot yeah. of, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe the biggest excuse for, because, you know, I talk a lot about gaming addiction and whatnot. A lot of guys will use the excuse of saying, I've met a lot of people, but how mm. many of them have you really met? Because mm. just knowing mm. somebody online, I don't think has the same weight you know the same oomph as actually getting to, yeah. to hang out with them um we actually met for the first time so it was october 2021 yeah yeah so almost two years now when was the time when we met like 2014 15 16 years somewhere around, around there they're about yeah so nearly 10 years then about now yeah, somewhere around 10 years yeah so did you think about like the moment when we would actually meet for the first time that it could get like a little bit cringe i mean that's probably not the best word but i would like yeah there's this fear like what if the energy isn't going to be there but it's different i mean i'd say it's similar let's say if you have like a date you know like you match yeah, with some girl true. on tinder and you're flirting and then you actually get to meet her maybe she's a bit catfishy maybe you're a little bit uncomfortable but this is you know two bros there's a different attitude Right, because it's like Obviously. worst case scenario as dudes, we're gonna have a beer and we're gonna be fine. True, you know, like you, you're gonna hash it out. In the end, I knew that you're you're quite a vocal guy, and, and I am as well. So I didn't I didn't really think about any issues mm -hmm. talking to you. We would find a topic. We we had a topic. Yeah, we had a lot of like conversations over the past year. So, but yeah, you always have that little fear. At always. least there's always that little bit of doubt. And then I even met JJ yes. on the way through. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it was quite fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah wonderful um yeah and then we we developed this you know friendship over the years through i don't even know how cycling happened because we sort of had a hiatus in between and i've noticed that we about, didn't even talk about it like that oh, oh he's cycling now yeah. i am as well you know like, it oh, just happened what a coincidence you know, yeah let's, it was, let's meet up and go for a ride yeah. yeah it was wonderful and then we we got into chess together mm -hmm. so i was teaching you a little bit on, on, on vacation i'm still horrible at chess but <laughs> 
yeah, if, if you're not playing all the time, then it's it's with the computer game. It's the same with the computer game. You're not good. You're not good at it. I mean, chess is like way more complicated and, and different different scenarios and different ways. But yeah. So what I decided for today, um, instead of a classic case where I would be asking, you know, do you still play War Thunder and why and why not? And going into debating about Gaijin and, and balance and, and gaming addiction, um, I've had this idea for a while to actually get questions which were directed towards me, but I think in general from viewers. Um, and there were two particular people that have commented in the past. I don't know if it was on a podcast or if it was in a post I made or in one of those self-improvement videos, mm -hmm. but I thought what I'd do is I'd go through the actual questions of two different people, which stood out to me, and we're going to hash them out. So you'll have a, a go at it. I'll have a go at it. Mm -hmm. When we run out, we'll figure out something else sure. to talk about it for a short Hopefully time. my English is like um, fine enough with all the vocabulary. I'd say this to everybody. Articulate myself. Everybody's properly. English is good. Yeah, and worst case, you can say it in German. We'll, we'll chat you honestly. Honestly, if you if you talk about Germans in general, I think the English in Germany is quite bad. When you, you look think? at the people, yeah, just look at Nordic countries, for example, Sweden, Norway, Finland. They they were they had to they had to speak English. They had English television. They have like a different connection to yeah. the language or or Netherlands, for example. And and when it comes it comes to Germany, we always had our own television. Everything was you know. German, nobody was supposed to, to learn English. You guys actually do dub stuff, like you'll have, you know, a, an English movie, but it, the people speaking are German and the mouth and the voice are not synced, which mm -hmm. I always found weird. It is kind of weird, yeah. But it is an opportunity for foreigners to learn German. I think if you're watching German content, mm -hmm. you'll, get, you'll get pretty good at it. Probably not the easiest language to learn from all of them, but... I mean, the best way to learn is still listen to Rammstein. Listen to Rammstein. Yeah. <laughs> you might travel the world and you know meet yeah. wonderful people and, and share that experience. So let's get into it. This was commented by Alex Derude. Hopefully I didn't butcher your name. He said, hey, I've been contemplating about a shitload of questions. I would love to see what you have to say about them. Here they are. His first question is very straightforward. What does it mean to be a man? What a question from Alex. Alex really went went deep with that one. Do you want to go off first at the question or? I, I, I can take a candor and I'll, I'll, I'll try to be actually quite brief. I think, I think to be a man, and I'll, I'll lean on to what I once heard Jordan Peterson say, because um, I'm a huge fan of him, I love what he's doing for society because he's one of the few psychologists that are on, um, on the side that tries to help you know, young men nowadays. And he said, something on the lines of become a monster, like be ruthless, be ambitious, like really dig yourself into work, but then learn to control it. Like, I think nowadays, you know, it's wrong to be manly almost. And it's, we hear all this about toxic masculinity and, and this, this feminization of men, when I really think that what makes a man happy and what makes a man a man is that we fight adversity that we go through stress, we go through pain, we go through, you know, misery essentially, but I think through it comes this sense of accomplishment. And I think you'll be able to associate this here with, with sport, you know, both of us have been doing it. And I think the biggest accomplishment is seeing where your limits are and going above and beyond. Above and beyond and go through pain, go through injuries, go through bad patches where you can't find motivation. And yeah, essentially that's a good, like, good, um, what do you say? middle ground like yeah i mean because realistically speaking i think that's what 
builds you as a person. You know, if you think about you know, tribal cultures, they have these actual rituals, like in, I know there's this, this ant thing, they have these burning ants mm -hmm. and they'll actually have guys, you know, put their hand into it and then they have to keep it there for, I don't know, several minutes without crying or screaming or whatever. Um, and then repeat that ritual several times. And just one of those ants has such a strong bite with so much of that toxin that it will make you go crazy, which is, but that's the thing. These rituals were there, I think, for a reason over the course of the mankind is to develop, you know, this strength to tell you what it is about in the end. I mean, if you think about it, I think to be a man is to be on your deathbed with a family behind, you know, to mm -hmm. be, because when we die, we're all in a casket, you know, except for maybe pharaohs, yeah, we're all going to have the same casket. You and I are going to have, you know, the same bones will be left behind, but I think we want to be remembered as good fathers, good grandfathers, you know, you want to have, you want to leave a legacy behind, you want to give your, you know, future genetic, what you're leaving behind, give them a path to live. And I think that's what being a man is, is to sort of pave the way for your kids, for other kids and for humanity as a whole. I don't know how old Alex is, but probably around our age. Yeah. And um, I think, especially nowadays, for me, what I've learned is that like being happy, not surrounding yourself with people, being on your own, is one of the most important things. You have to be happy on your own. You have to be happy spending time with yourself. Um, because if you're not happy and you always search for people that surround you for girls for relationships, you know, jumping from one relationship to another, it won't make you happy because you never learned to live on your own and be happy being on your own. And the thing is, when you actually want to be, you know, manly, which is not like what people like in society nowadays, then um, you will be lonely sometimes because yeah. people don't accept you anymore. It's like a normal, normal human being that is manly, you know? What it used to be back in the day. So what I tried to learn is, is being happy on my own and, and living life and, and to the fullest because only being lonely you can you can actually focus on the on the good things that will bring you further on your Honestly, career. Right, so when, when you're saying lonely, I think you mean alone, right? Alone. You want to be not alone lonely. but not lonely, that's the thing. Exactly, exactly. That's um, the point. Yeah. Being alone but not feeling lonely yes. at the same time. Yes. And I think so many people nowadays are really bad at being alone and happy at the same time, especially, especially I've seen it with so many girls that dated friends of mine, you know, they were in a relationship with them for like three months or half a year or a year or two. And they got in some kind of conflict because they, they, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I'm not really interested in it either, but like as soon as they got single, they were like, Oh, I want to, I want to enjoy life now. But like a couple of weeks, a couple of months later, already in the next in the next uh, relationship you know so yeah what i think is like the first step to being like great person yourself being manly is to be happy being alone because only being alone from time to time and over longer periods can make you like a great person you can achieve new things you can educate yourself you can build a new business you can you know, do stuff for yourself yeah. and not concentrate on a different person that might distract you from the development that you need at our age. Yeah. I think to Alex, I'd, I'd say, ask yourself the question, could I, you know, turn my phone off, turn my social media off and go live on an island for like, 
a month or two months mm -hmm. ago, I'd be fine with that. You know, would you be able to be content with the idea of being alone and then returning as a man, manly, and just, just taking command of that? And there's another point that I actually want to talk about. Maybe now, Alex, at our age, the girls at our age, maybe they're a couple of years younger. They might think that they don't need a man that is manly. But dude, in 10 years, they will be running behind you. Yes. They will search for a guy that is provider, that like serves for the family, that is, is there to protect them, that brings the food to the table. But those men, they will be gone. They're already sold to a good girl. Yeah. Don't worry, my friend. Like in, in, in a couple of years, the whole situation will change. Statistics are saying that by 2030, mm -hmm. 40, no, I think not 45, but 54% of women between the ages of 24 and 42 will be single. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think right now, over the next couple of years, is the perfect time to be the manliest of men mm -hmm. because you're going to stand up from the crowd, you're going to build a life that is respectable, and I think you're going to attain happiness. And Going back to what I said with Jordan Peterson, do this in an arrogant way. Do it because you're going to look back at life and you're going to think, "I made the right choice." You know? Yeah, exactly. I think I think um, that's that's the right path to choose instead of instead of always saying yes to to um, opinions that are socially accepted nowadays and, and not what you actually want to be. We were talking about that as well earlier. Yeah, the yes saying. The yes culture nowadays. And We're probably going to get more, more into it because right. he's got a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> this next one, actually, I, I really like it because it, it ties into what we were just talking about. Is Why do you associate yourself with the people you do associate yourself with? And then a similar idea, it's like a sub-question. What causes people to be friends and how do they see each other and what they're willing to do for one another? Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. I think having a good friend nowadays, which actually serves the purpose of a good friend is quite rare. Nowadays, people are searching for friendship um, to make profit from it. Yeah. Quite often, yeah. quite often. This idea of associating yourself with somebody who can give you monetary gain or... Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that means like networking, but it's, you have to give to receive. There is some universal karma in the world. You have to contribute something in order for the world to give you something back. This idea that you're just gonna receive and receive Eventually, the well's going to dry up and you're going to be left with no water in there and it's going to become lonely and miserable. You Just know? a matter of time. I think I associate myself with people I associate with because, first and foremost, and this is, we spoke about this before, I said, don't surround yourself with people that always agree with you. Mm -hmm. So you want to have some level of criticism coming from people. A good friend will disagree with you. A good friend will, will sit you down and he'll say, look, man, um, I think you're doing the wrong choice. You're, this woman you're dating, I don't think she's the right person for you. This, this business decision you've made might not be the best choice for you. Maybe you should you know, try this diet, it will, it will help you out. This, a good friend will disagree with you. Um, and you want to associate yourself with people, however, that do have the same values as you. Mm. Right? I want to surround myself with men that have a, a vision of life, you know, that see a, a color that I also see. Because I don't want to disagree with you on a fundamental value of ethics and, and morality and religion and whatnot and politics. Yeah. That's where I want to be as equal as possible, but I want us to disagree. Yeah, obviously. I think I think 
you can you can relate it or like it's it's similar to a relationship. You have to have some some um, some differences in your relationship. For example, you work at a different place. I think that's that's healthy. Yes. Not not doing the same job because you, you won't have any any um, any any topics to talk about. But on the fundamental things, you have to agree. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. But I think having a good friend that disagrees with you face to face is really important because the friends that you have that don't disagree face to face, they will still disagree with you, but behind your back with different people that you might not even know, that just know you from social media, from, from hearings, whatever. They will disagree with you, but they are not, they are not um, telling you face to face. They will never tell you and you will you will hear about it in the end afterwards anyways from some some different source and that's the worst kind of friend that's that's the worst kind of friend that stabs you in the back yeah. that disagrees you with you and and actually won't be able to to tell you face to face and, and so, to be honest we all do it like to a certain extent we all to do a certain it. extent we do yeah but you you want to try to like limit that you want to try to eliminate mm -hmm. those types of people from your life because you know there's so many people in the world that we get to meet that we get to choose to make our friends but i do think a lot of it is just it, it is also a chance you know i don't know about women as men it's you, know, you might bump into someone you might even throw fists and then have a beer yeah um, i think more often than not you become friends with people that you never actually anticipated or never liked in, in like beforehand you know yeah I remember in the first my, place. Yeah, my best friend in, in from high school, I actually remember first week of, of being in that school, I sat there and I looked at him and I thought to myself, what a, what a weirdo. Mm. Like, who would ever want to hang out with him? It turns out now we're best friends. It's A lot of it just happens. Yeah. yeah. A lot of these relationships, are, they're quite... I think mm, I've met so many people over the past probably 10 years as well, because that was probably the time where you got to know um, most people. Mm -hmm. Because you you try to socialize, um, and what was the point that I actually wanted to to talk about? Um, <laughs> when, yeah, when true. You're young. Remember when when you're always the person that's the one that's like sending messages, calling the person, but you never get anything back. He's not the right one. Or it could be that you're the problem. Or it could be that you're. Because I, I know one guy who does this too much, and I ask myself. It's kind of starting to get annoying. Yeah, think. it does start to get annoying because you start asking yourself, does he have too much free time perhaps? Mm. You know, because there is this, this, this was my, my general thought process when I was going through one of the toughest periods of my life where I was like, it was a breakup, it was tension and so on. I said to myself, keep yourself so busy that you don't have time to think about the pain. Because, mm. you know, when you, when you get your head to it, and that, that ties back to the first question of being a man, it's like being able to sort of filter it all out. You know, us as cyclists, my favorite part about road cycling was actually the dark zone. It's when you go so deep, when your heart rate is at its maximum, when your legs are burning, when your head hurts, when your vision is blurred, there's a certain sense of clarity to it almost because you, you just... You know what you're doing exactly. at the time, at the moment. Yeah. That's, that's the pure part about cycling at that point. Yeah. And I think that so. sort of filters it out. And I think some people, they lack shit in their life. So they're trying to offload it. They have too much free time and they're trying to get you to join their wasting of time. So it, I think it's a double-edged sword. But to answer Alex, I think I'd say that we associate with people that have a similar viewpoint. Similar viewpoints, similar, similar hobbies, similar things that they want to do with their life yeah. in their free time. 
and um, that are still able to to disagree with you. And I think that's the most important because otherwise you will you will never evolve. You will never learn something from a different from from another person if if you never disagree with them. Otherwise, you won't ever have any um, conflicts or conversations that that start off. You know, yeah. conflict is the the base requirement for good conversation for a good debate. Yeah. So as long as, as it's not getting emotional and staying rational. Yes. But as a man, that shouldn't be a problem. That it shouldn't be. Um, last question before we get to those interesting ones. Mm -hmm. um, he says, what is a healthy balance between work and life? And can this balance differ for each person? I mean, it definitely differs. It definitely differs. There are some people that find love and joy in their work yes. and they never have to to stop thinking about their work life it's just a it's just a progress i mean they probably work seven days a week but they you know they don't work all day yeah. but they structure it over the week it's it's just their passion became their job but that's quite rare it's very rare very rare yeah, yeah. We, i was personally sold this this uh, idea as a kid that they said you know work what you love doing and you'll never work it in your life and i think mm -hmm. it's complete bullshit but I do believe that the balance between work and life, it should be the, because honestly, look, you're going to work on average eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. Mm. I think it's something close to 2000 hours per year. Mm. So within five years, you're going to have the 10,000 hours that are supposed to be the mastery level. I think you should learn to combine life within that work. So me at the moment, I'm working, we spoke about this as a copywriter and I'm being offloaded all of the cycling things, which you know, as, as a fan of cycling, I, I get to sort of, take some of the passion to the work doesn't mean that all the work i do is enjoyable but it never is it never is because it's work but i think that the the merging of what you're passionate about and what you're good at and um i actually have a, a video coming out soon maybe already today i think no. 2 p.m was it that's a different, different no it's different oh, that's a different yeah, one. today's a bit of a clickbaity one <laughs> this will be released in a couple of weeks but japanese have this concept called ikigai, ikigai. and it's like four circles mm -hmm. so you have um, what pays the money, what you're good at, what you're passionate about, and there's one more. Right? And there's this mixture, essentially, of mm. the two. And then you, if you put two together, you have one, and Ikigai is like the middle. It's mm. like, can you do something you're good at, and you love, and you're passionate about, and you get paid well? Oh, and, uh, and uh, the world needs it. All oh, right. So it's like the ideal job will be something that, that's in between all of that. But most people will never get to. Most people I think will... working in a job that the world need, the world, the world, the world, world needs, it's actually fulfilling. I mean, yes, because you think you're serving a purpose, a higher purpose that other people like. Um, what's the word in English? You know, uh, profit from. Yes. You no, know? I think that's quite fulfilling. It's most of the time quite physically hard jobs, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in the end, in the long term, it gives you more or it gives back more than other jobs where you think most of the time, what am I doing here? Yeah. Uh, what, is the, what is the serving point of the whole job that I do? Who's profiting from it? You know, There are so many startups in, in Berlin, for example, in the capital of Germany. There's so many startups that like grow and die at the same time. Mm -hmm. You don't even know what they're doing. It's, it's just... But that's the, you know, I've, I've joined this mastermind um, mm -hmm. early this year and, and one of the concepts is, is actually killing the child early, essentially, is what we call it. The child is this idea of the startup and you try it 
you take a product that you want to let's say sell or whatever it might, it might be you know online thing might be selling mugs but you try it and if it doesn't work kill it and, and try yeah. a different thing move right? on move on uh, because a lot otherwise of you will you will waste time yes. money and energy on a project that's not supposed to happen so i think for alex i'd also add this which is every work is respectable you yeah. know obviously i wouldn't want to work in mcdonald's i wouldn't want to work um, you know, behind a conveyor belt you know mm. like with chinese factories or whatever but i think there's a beauty to every work because it contributes something to the world and you shouldn't be afraid early in life i personally was quite afraid of doing a job that i would find like yuck you know something yeah, yeah. Uh, i think everybody is yeah but Most then people. when i was working in the kitchen when i started you have to go through the process you know first you're washing dishes then you're, you're doing some of the very easy tasks and just mm. chopping vegetables it taught me to respect the people who do that as a living and i think it, it brings a little bit of almost empathy which i don't have a lot of but some that I do have is like, it's respect for the people who do their job and do their job well. So don't be afraid to pick up any work you can, make the money, get new connections, get a width of what you know, life is like, and then you'll be able to, to filter it out later. Don't be afraid you're gonna get stuck up in one job, you know, because nowadays- it's, You can still change, it's so easy. Absolutely. Like most people that have a degree in something, they work in a totally different yes. environment and job than what they've actually learned for in university. Because you, you never know where life's going to take you. Yeah. You know, we live on average now, what, 80 years? And I probably, you never know where you're going to end up. Depending where you live. <laughs> <laughs> and how you live. And how you live, yeah. yeah. Alex, take care of yourself. Take care of your, your body. Because yeah. you only get one body. That's your temple, your vehicle. You know, I'm not selling you some chakra bullshit. It's like... Guys, take care of your physical body. You only have one. Um, no matter how much money you have, health is still yeah. like the, the most important factor in your life. And, and you, can, you can affect it by what you eat, what you do, where yeah. you're surrounding yourself with, stress, sleep, enough exercise next to your job. Whatever degree of control you have, you should take, yeah. take control of it. Ready for the good questions? All right, let's go. So his, his fourth question is, the good old question of how to approach women and what you should look and shouldn't look for in a woman. Mm. It's a loaded one, but it depends on what you're looking for, obviously. Yes. But I'm guessing Alex is looking for like a, a real connection. I think not just some hooking up. I mean, honestly, I think everybody's looking for a real connection on, on some limbic level, even though men, you know, we're dogs. We are predisposed by evolution, by testosterone, to just, I don't want to say ejaculate and evacuate, but that's essentially how we're built. We're built to dominate, to go around and conquer the world, right? And so on some level, you know, we're a bit piggish. Women will say, you know, men are, oh, it's disgusting, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's because it's we've been conditioned for millions of years to, to sort of live that way. Um, I think... What it is, is partially letting the steam off. I'd say as a kid, as a teenager, mm. go out. Party. In our 20s. Yes, have fun. You should. That's my biggest regret in high school. I was, I was waiting. I was waiting for the right girl mm. to come along. And guess what? She never came. You can, you, you can use that waiting time so effectively. Yes. I mean, um, I'm turning 25 this year. Mm -hmm. You're turning, turning 26, I think. Uh, I have turned 26. Yeah, I've turned 26. And... Um, I've been in one relationship in my in my my whole twenties, or since I'm I'm out of puberty, um, and I'm not regretting anything. 
you know, I've been in that relationship for, for one year mm -hmm. and it's been like seven years almost that I've been single and um, I, I, didn't, I didn't look for like a relationship in general, but you know, I would be happy if, if I find the right girl at some point, but I'm not like, like searching for it or using my time, my free time to look for the right girl that might satisfy me in a, in a proper relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, it would be nice, but if it happens that I go out with a girl and we just spend one evening together, we have a great time, um, we might have even sex in the end, which happens from time to time, I will take it. Yeah. You know, who am I to not take that or, or say, oh no, sorry, that's not what I'm looking for at the moment. That's, that's, that's bullshit. Nobody would do that, at least not us men. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, we have to understand we don't really know what we're looking for mm -hmm. exactly. until it's staring us in the face and even then men we are a little bit blind yeah. to that like blind and stubborn yeah and i think the problem is scarcity so the average dude this is something women don't understand but you know a woman goes on tinder she'll swipe right on a guy meaning she says mm -hmm. i like this dude like 99 percent of the time that's a match yeah and what women don't understand is that it's not the same for men you know the average woman with Average photos, she'll get, you know, probably dozens of matches every single day, probably. An average dude will get a couple of matches per week. Mm. I mean, any, if any of you guys are in the comments that use Tinder, I'm actually quite curious, like, how many matches do you get on average? Because I think for most dudes, it's extremely low. And it creates this scarcity in the sense that every woman that ends up giving it to you, and they're not just saying meaning sex, but, like, gives, gives you an opportunity, it looks like the holy grail. Yeah. It will look to you like you know, Jesus came down from heaven and just gave you the, the, the greatest meal on earth. And you'll grab that because you're hungry and you've been hungry for years. And you might not realize that we've taken is not for you. Yeah. And then you, you will throw away time. I think casual dating isn't for everyone. Hookups are not for everyone. No, One definitely not. not for everyone. But it will give you some idea of what to look for. I always compare it to burgers, right? It's like, mm. the way I say it is this. Imagine you get into puberty, you've been single all your life, you're hungry. You know, you, you, you're really craving a burger. And you're going through life and you're traveling and you look at your classmates and you look at your friends and you look at your parents and you think, oh, everybody's got their burger. Mm. Everybody's already gotten their burger. Where's my burger? But then you walk past McDonald's and you're like, mm, yeah, maybe not for me. You're, you're waiting out for something better. And then eventually you give in and you just go into a random restaurant and you order a burger and you eat it and it's the one and that's the, the only burger you're gonna eat for the rest of your life mm. now it could be amazing it could be the best burger in the world but it could also not be so as much as i do think there's a beauty to like high school sweethearts you know you have, you have guys that have been together since they were like 16 and you know have it like, might work out it might not yeah in the long term they will decide yeah, so you, you never know you never know at first but I, people evolve, people get to know other people at work mm -hmm. and at university and, and get influenced by them. And even if you, if you meet your high school sweetheart, yeah. it, it might work out. And then it's a great story. You can tell forever. But um, if not, you shouldn't be sad about it. Just you have to move on at some point. Um, all of us have been through heartbreak. Yeah. And um, you have to use that energy for something different. We already had that point. Yeah. And it won't get easier. It will always be hard, um, but when it comes to what is Alex or what should Alex look for in a girl, 
he's definitely not looking for those Louis Vuitton uh, girls that go out with their uh, girls groups with their three chicks, yeah. her best friends, um, every weekend clubbing, um, hopping from, from table to table, yeah. um, looking for free drinks, looking for free bottles and, and just scamming men. That's definitely not the type of girl that you should look for. Mm -hmm. I mean, if she's interested, um, you, you can you can take her out for, for a couple of nights, for a couple of, of evenings, but she's not the keeper, you know? Yeah. The thing is with the good girls that I'm especially looking for, they're hard to find because they're staying home. Yeah. They're working on themselves. They're doing what you are supposed to as a man as well. Yes. And that's why they are so hard to find, you know, because they're staying home, they're reading books, they're studying, they're, um, they're not going out clubbing every single weekend and, and, and showing the whole world how, how good their body is. And, and they're not the girls that need um, social attention on, on Instagram and other social media. I've met great girls that have like 100 followers on Instagram, private profiles. Or don't even have an Instagram. Don't even have an Instagram. Exactly. And um, they're the sweetest and the most generous people in the world. So definitely not the ones that, that need social attention every single weekend and going out and talking to 15 different guys and that are telling you, oh, he's just my, my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> We've all met those girls and, and uh, yeah. You don't, don't have, you don't don't have to worry to about them, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't have to. It's not the one that you have to worry about. That's that's the first thing that they tell you. Be the first guy she'll call when there's a problem with you. Yeah. I mean, my advice for I personally, I, I use Tinder. I hate it, but I use it as an extreme. Like it's such a great social experiment because what you get to do is you get to fix your scarcity mentality, right? By testing out different things, and you get to talk to different women and see how they react and you get to be a little bit playful because especially let's say you're traveling and right? if i go if i was staying here in munich for longer mm -hmm. i'd get to go on a couple of dates i get to see a different culture i get to talk to people that don't know me so there's no incentive for me to be 100 percent polite or in line with certain things i can be a little bit pushy i can be arrogant i can be cocky they, see they will never see you again exactly you, yeah. you will never see them again probably so there's yeah. no there's no hard feelings and you get to sort of entertain the idea of being a player or whatever mm. um my advice to you is try to be different because the biggest issue with us men is that we've been conditioned to behave in certain ways and the biggest thing that we've been conditioned to is to be these nice caring be, be, uh, be more in touch with your emotions tell her how i feel and every time you try it what happens she goes away yeah you know? as soon as you as you tell her about your feelings yes. as soon yes. as you open up and and show your maybe your insights yes and because that's that's those emotions are reserved for your bros that goes back to mm -hmm. that question we had about friends you want to associate yourself with people you know i had a really tough period back in october who's the first person i spoke to you yeah and jj probably and jj yes yeah and i got a couple of other good friends i've got i didn't turn to you know a woman for that yeah. advice because they work in a different realm they this is a huge problem in fact statistically speaking so let's say psychologists I think 75 or more percent are women. Mm. So if I go to a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or a therapist, or whatever, it's not that I don't want to talk to a woman, it's that a woman will provide me with a female specific problem solving. Mm. And they solve problems differently than men do, right? We spoke about this before, we were having we were having a breakfast, how 
men, we fight in the physical. You know, if we have a problem, we're gonna we're gonna wrestle it out. We're gonna have a fist fight problem. Solved. Maybe scream. Maybe yeah. some fists are flying. Yeah. Well, not really screaming, but yeah, maybe yeah. like yeah, some people. Call some people do. Some people yeah. do. Yeah. But women will fight in the mental state. They'll fight in the you know the behind their back, and, and it's just how we're built. Talking to their friends. Yeah. Maybe maybe um, trying to limit you in your in your in your life with certain things. Mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm moving out. I'm I'm not giving you sex. I'm not giving you yes. that. I'm, yes. I'm you know. I think the thing about Alex, I want to warn him about is that the reason why I think you should have fun, quote unquote, is you want to get to learn how a woman operates. There's a reason why you know we open up Instagram and you will see the comments of you know, women coffee emoji. It's not. I don't think that women coffee emoji is there to be like. Isn't it women tea? No, it's I coffee. It's, it's a coffee emoji. I thought it's tea. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got that. We got that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. You know, it's not supposed to be like a misogynistic thing to comment under a, I don't know, a bad woman driver. Mm. I think what it's inherently messaging, the message that we don't see that clearly is that we don't understand them. You know, no. we always brush it off like ah, women. You know, world's mystery. You know, life is difficult with them, but it's impossible. And I don't think them. they understand each other either. No, not even their girlfriends. Sometimes we don't understand, understand each other. Yeah. yeah, true. But at least we have a way to to, to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, exactly. And so, just a matter of time. Yeah, I think the issue is that you know guys will have scarcity mentality. Mm. They'll finally find a girl. They'll settle in with her, and then they'll they'll fall in this behavioral pattern where they're making the same mistakes that you and I have made in the past. Mm. And now they're years down the line. Mm. The girlfriend leaves them, mm. and they start spiraling. I think that's the scary bit. You didn't talk to your friends for years. You didn't. You didn't do anything else than, than serving the purpose as a, as a boyfriend, mm. doing the jobs for your for your girl. That shouldn't happen. You should still have your bros in, in your life at first. Yeah. You want my advice to you is when it comes to relationships, you want to invite a woman. Into, or at least be able to invite a woman into your life. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a situation with me where obviously it was situational, but it was where due to the circumstances of what she was studying, where she was studying, where she was staying, mm -hmm. I had to enter her lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that was in, that's inherently not very attractive to most women because women, you know, why does BDSM work? I spent a long time thinking about it. It's like, I couldn't figure it out as a guy. I was like, why would a woman want to be blindfolded um, treated badly, quote unquote, mm. restricted. And then it clicked. It was because they give, they offload the responsibility to you. They don't have to think about anything. They can just lay there and enjoy, you know. Why does a massage feel good? Because you don't have to do anything. You just lay there. And so the, the issue is when you start putting too much work to your partner, in this case a woman, she's going to start resenting you. She's going to start being sort of like, oh my God, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't mm. know, you know. If it's not you deciding where you're going on dates and, and so on, don't take it to the extreme. You know, I, I read some comments and it's like, when I take women out to dates, I order food for them. And I, that's dude. I mean, maybe it's like if you're really rich. And you, if you if you're feeling like you can you can invite her on the first yeah. date, and if you're not feeling like you you can still split. Yeah. And if she's if she's the one or if she's a good one, she will she will happily split. And if not, then just move on. Yeah. And that's the thing doing at least dating a lot at least going on these dates you're going to break that fear that you might have about hanging out with women mm -hmm. and you're also going to see a pattern you're going to start you know i now 
look at a woman within five seconds i can figure out in what bracket she goes into is she a gold digger is she a good girl is she you know i was on a date just the other week so she's 25 she only had one dude in her life mm -hmm. like a shorter relationship and i could tell that she was looking for a genuine long-term relationship right she wants a dude to spend the rest of her life with mm -hmm. and even if she was my type and she wasn't, you know, it was an okay date, but there was nothing there. I was like, hey, it was nice to meet you. Nice to have a drink. A good conversation day. probably. Yeah. And I was like, look, good luck and goodbye. You know, no hard feelings between us because I didn't want to waste my time and her time. Mm -hmm. I would be able to contribute nothing to her by leading her on, you know, because I'm, I'm not looking for the same thing she's looking for. So, like, fishermen you know this, you know, they catch a fish, mm -hmm. let it go. You don't have to hold on to everything you catch. So. You don't have to, no. Yeah. Well, he's got, he's going deep here. He's saying, I think it's a long one, isn't did it? Did we answer actually everything? I think we did. Yeah. How, to, how to approach women. How to approach women. It differs from, from, girl, to, from girl to girl. You have to I first figure out. I mean, ultimately, what's the worst that can happen? Rejection is better than Rejection, regret. Rejection, yeah. Rejection is better than regret. And you're going to get rejected all the time. Look, I'll tell you one thing. I was looking for jobs back in December and January. And because I had gone on so many Tinder dates, it was second nature. Because it's the same thing. On a date, you're selling yourself for sex. On a job interview, you're selling yourself for a job. It's the same principle. And so the, you're basically a salesman. You know, Every time you're dating, approaching, you're trying to, to, to sell them something. And it's ironic because if you look at a lot of people that are like, Pickup artists or they're successful, you know, like Andrew Tates or whatever. The reason why it works is because they're salespeople. Their mm -hmm. businesses also are big and successful because they're selling stuff. So I think to approach women is, I always say, you know, chess, man. you know how to exactly, exactly. You, you know, know how, how to, to build. Them. You know how to build in in advance. You yes. know how to talk at first place, obviously. Mm -hmm. And that can be challenging, especially when, when you're in a different country, for example, when you're on holidays and, mm -hmm. and you're not um, talking your native language. But um, I think there are two types of girls. Either they reject you, yeah. they tell you, oh, I have, a, I have a boyfriend or I'm not interested at the moment. And then, then that's okay. I mean, you will probably never see her again in your life. Or they're actually impressed nowadays, especially that you had quote unquote the balls yes. to go up, go up to them, especially when they're in a group, when they're with other guys and, and um, yeah, you're just going up to them and talk to them and yeah, just ask them out, ask them out for, for a date, for yeah. some adventurous stuff. Um, if, if you want to go to them, for example, in, in, in Munich, there are some options. You can go to the river, the big one, Isa, it's floating right through Munich or English Garden. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really nice place. There's so many options. Just you just have to have them in, in your pocket beforehand. Yeah, and you just go up to them, ask them out, and and then leave. You know, either they say yes, give you your number, give you their number, or they say no. So there are those two options. And and quite often, in, in my case, I think they're quite um, yeah happy actually to get that interaction at first. You know, because they're not getting many people talking to them nowadays anymore or going up to them having the balls because of all the, the bad experiences that people share on social media, especially, you know, and, and scare off other dudes to approach girls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I fear it's going to die. 
What's I, didn't, the issue? I didn't think through about Is the it battery. a power issue? I didn't think about the power. Mm. We're going to laptop. Right. Yeah, we'll be right back. All right, so after that little break, um, what is it, battery break? <laughs> Piss break, water yeah. break. Um, Charger break. Yeah, we were going to move on to the next question from Alex, but I think in the car we were just talking about how for women, like you're going to start to build certain criteria. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's going to be certain things like red flags, essentially. You're going to start seeing them and you'll think about, you know, your first girlfriend you have, you'll think, oh my God, she was such a bitch because of ABC. And then you'll learn, these are things I never want to have in a woman. In other words, I know I don't like pickles in my burger. Mm. So every time I'm going to go have a burger, I'm going to be like, without pickles, please. So to do that, you're going to have to have a burger with pickles first. You're going to have to go through those. That's why rejection is good. That's why breakups are good in a way. Um, and yeah, just, just, you know, for Alex specifically and for other men out there, we're thinking about dating figure out what it is that you like through failure essentially yeah definitely otherwise you won't learn yeah. about those red flags that you that you don't learn uh, that you don't like yeah. in the first place you always have to have that that girl everybody had one of those with the star sign bullshit going oh on. my god yeah <laughs> uh, they're they're telling you um, beforehand that your star sign is actually not like yeah. Working, working around with theirs and, and all that shit, and we're not don't compatible. Get started with that one. Yeah, we're not compatible, but we're dating right now. And yeah, uh, okay. sure, sure about that. So, what is the meaning of life? If you aren't, if you aren't of the opinion there isn't a set in stone goal in one's life, how else should you approach this topic? I mean, you create the goal. Mm -hmm. right? I was just reading a book yesterday, and. and one of the good part of it that stood out to me is that you always want to have a definitive plan. In fact, the book is actually on dating with women. It's, you know what a common problem is? You'll have a guy, you know, guys are commonly, you'll say this guy's an alpha and this guy's a beta. Mm -hmm. right? And one of the biggest problems that we have is where you'll actually approach the girl. You've got the, the cojones, the balls, to go to her and ask her for a number, ask her for a date. And then when she says yes, you're a bit dumbfounded. You actually, you haven't thought beyond that point. You haven't thought about where are you going to go get a date? Where are you going to have the drinks? What what time? What date? These are all things you want to have prepped up in your head, right? It's way better. This is one of the biggest tips I'll give you for dating. This is the best advice I ever received. Don't say, "Hey, would you have time on Wednesday to grab a pizza with me?" No, do you have time on that, that day? Even better. Just say, all right, I'm going gonna to teach me now. You want to say, I'm getting pizza. Mm -hmm. Would you like to try? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because what that does one. is, do you want? it doesn't say, it says, I'm going to get pizza regardless. It's not giving her options to choose from or. No, no. It, mostly it's saying, like, do you want to get pizza with me? And if you say no, that yeah. means that I'm probably not getting pizza either. Yeah. But if I say, I'm getting pizza, we'd like to join. You're giving her the option to opt out without feeling like she's re like she's now rejected you getting the pizza, mm. right? So it, it again is that responsibility part. It doesn't matter. Even like either she's joining in or she's not. Yes. But it makes it easier for her to say yes or no, right? Yeah. yeah. So what is the meaning of life? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what is the meaning of life? I think so many people ask themselves that. I mean, everybody. Question. Hopefully, everybody asks hopefully themselves everybody that question. Is, yeah. yeah. I don't know, a part of me would say there is no meaning of life. 
and you could live, you know, through anarchy and just be like, whatever, be hedonistical. Um, the way I look at it is this, all of us, you know, what do we have in common? We're born, we're going to die, we eat, we shit, we piss, sleep. we sleep, we have sex, and hopefully most people at some point in their life, they reproduce. And that's it. You know, those are the basics. Those are the basics. Now, you could go and create something, paint, content, podcast, write a book. You know, you could try to put yourself in the history books, or you could just live a normal life. I mean, it's completely down to your choice. I don't think some, you know, farmer on a Greek island somewhere who's taking care of his sheep and lives mm -hmm. a very nomadic lifestyle, I don't think his life is any less important or less worth. Yeah, no, it doesn't. In He's working to provide for his own life, for yeah. probably his wife and his kids, and for the next generation, for his grandchildren. And um, he's he's basically living day by day, yeah. just to survive. And that's the that's his own meaning of life. And if you want to, I don't know, be president of your country or president of, president of a, co a company or create your own company or um, I don't know, be be successful in, in sports or there's so many certain things. Um, that you you can choose as your purpose for life, then that's fine as well. Yeah. But people that blame you for the the path that you chose in your life, you shouldn't you shouldn't listen to them. Just let them be, do their own thing. Yeah. Just don't listen to them. Do your own thing, and um, it really doesn't matter. At some point of your life, you will figure it out. It just it just it just takes time and. Maybe ten percent know what they want to do in their life from from like a really young age. There are some people that want to become doctor to help people, and there are people that want to be um, how is it called in, in German? It's called Jura, yeah. heuristic, heuristic stuff. Um, is it is it even a word for elderly people? Maybe? No, no, no. Um, I don't know. Whatever. Let's let's move on. <laughs> on <that>. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. No, but there's there's not many people that know exactly what they want to do and I think it's fine you can you can study something we already had that or um, do do a different pro, pro, like profession mm -hmm. and still do something completely different in the end if the path is different yeah. so I mean one of you is that you know if you think about it we are all walking on it like we're on a, on a giant ball that's spinning around mm -hmm. another thing that's spinning in the middle of nowhere and an infinitum and we're all Kind of pretending like we know what we're doing. It's like you know what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally know what yeah. I'm doing. In, in in reality, I think none of us really have a clue. You know, if we could use the hundred percent capacity of our brains, then maybe we could have that conversation. But realistically speaking, what we are, we're surviving. Mm -hmm. You know, you sure. and I, we're surviving. And you know, yeah, some you know kid in Africa is surviving on a different level than we are surviving, but we're still surviving. I think people mm, tend to overcomplicate topics like what's the, the meaning of life, mm -hmm. they're thinking way too much about it. And they're thinking about the future and about the past, but they're not really living in, in the moment. And I think that's what denying um, lots of people like a, like a healthy life or a healthy meaning of life, you know? Yeah. Overthinking stuff like what's the meaning? You shouldn't, you shouldn't overthink topics like that too much. Either way you find it, um, and, and yeah, just it's just a progression. Yeah, 
I'll go back to the easy and guy. I think I think the, the meaningful life even even that can change over decades. If I'm fifty, I might have a completely different meaning of life. Yeah. Because my kids are um I don't know, they're in school or going to high school and having problems and, and the whole perspective changes. Yeah. So you shouldn't even um hold on to to one specific meaning of life that you think is the perfect one for you because it can change in 25 years yes totally it can totally change and and also due to environmental changes wars conflicts whatever we've seen it all yeah you could be like very against religion mm -hmm. but then something happens to you and you'll see people change very quickly yeah like if you're on a plane the plane starts shaking a bit. Oh boy! People are starting to pray. They've never prayed before. very, very quickly. You know? So because they can't influence the situation, they can't change. They can't change anything about the situation in that moment. They feel vulnerable, you know, in that situation. I think fundamentally, we're all, in some way, you know, spiritually or religious in some way. We do believe in something. All mm -hmm. of us, as much as you can disagree with it, um, but I think the first step is to achieve, sort of nutritional baseline is this physical you know bare point that's what we say take care after your body your body will take care after you you know strong body strong mind and vice versa mm -hmm. i don't think people should stress out about what is the meaning of life at the age of 20. no yeah. me neither i don't think you should stress about things like that and if you do have some spare time there's a beautiful um, video i don't know if it's i think it's henry cavill reading like 80 points or 50 points from an eight-year-old person mm -hmm. of like something about life. If you're gonna Google just Henry Cavill, old person point or whatever, it's, it's listen to the elderly. You know, yes, I wouldn't want to talk to my grandma about a business idea because she doesn't know what the internet is, but she can give you a lot of value on life and family values mm -hmm. and so on. When something bad happens, is it truly bad? What I'm trying to convey here is that whenever something bad happens as a result of your actions, you also have the opportunity to learn from it. Therefore, you could say that a bad thing as a consequence can also be a good thing given the opportunity to learn from it. And therefore, you should always try out new things and see what happens. It can be pretty interesting. And I think he answered the question first. Yeah. I think so too. I was like, is that a question or is he actually explaining his own question? <laughs> I think a lot of the time is that's what we do. Yeah. Let's say I have a problem with a girl, I come ask for advice, but in doing so, I've already given myself the answer. Yeah, deeply, deeply, you already know what's the right one, like right, right answer, what's the right action that we have to take. When it comes to bad and good, I think it's chess. Go and play chess and you realize that, first and foremost, you have to enjoy being the loser. You have to enjoy losing to somebody who's superior to you. You have to almost not enjoy making mistakes but be aware that you made a mistake you blundered a piece and then the best part about chess is when you make a mistake early on and then you have to make a comeback when you know you're in a disadvantage you know it's like you have to work around it yeah in, in war from the terms it's when you know you're in a tank that's damaged or you're flying a plane and you're missing an aileron you know mm -hmm. you know you're in a disadvantage but you know that you can use that against your enemy because if your enemy thinks you're weak it's going to be an easy job that's when you have an advantage so on some level, yeah, what's in your head is is very much gonna gonna count hard. So he says, hopefully my feedback is of use to you, and he's gonna come up with more questions. Um, yeah, for all of you who are watching this on YouTube, um, 
any questions you put underneath this episode will be used as source content for, for future episodes. Yeah. And I'm going to move on to the second person whose comments I thought were really interesting. This is Little Kito Kato. Interesting name. Little Kito Kato. And he says... We all love them. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I guess I'd like to hear about a guy's perspective of relationships, both friend relations and partner relations. And this is similar to what we were talking about. He says, what I've experienced is that guys have a perspective of... Do you think it's him? Him? Do you think it's not like a woman asking the question? No, I think it's a guy asking. Is it a guy? I mean, all right. Most people. Don't yeah. Ask most of your guys. viewers are. <laughs> In fact, most people that ask for relationship advice are men. Guys, yeah. So he says that from his ex his experience, his perspective is that every female friend has a possibility of opening into a relationship, be it casual or serious. Where what I experience from the other side is that friends are friends and are not considered with the possibility of being a potential partner. Though through the development of relationships I have pursued, I've noticed that I tend to go through the stages of friendship to a point where developing a romantic, intimate relationship. He's got an, an, another bit, but I'll read that later. So I guess a lot of guys, I think is a wrong approach to think that mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be friends with the girl. This is the classmate myth. Mm -hmm. So this is, again, goes back to that scarcity mentality. So. You're in high school, you're in, in middle school or primary school. A lot of guys are introverted. So what happens is they sit in the class and they're surrounded by a bunch of dudes and a bunch of women. And what happens is you'll create a hierarchy and you'll say, okay, this dude is the most alpha dude in the room and this girl is the hottest girl in the room. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is because you have a limited view, you're just going to choose the best of what you see. You know, it's... It boils down to like choosing the, the shit that smells the least. And it's a weird example, but like, you know, if I was to show you three really bad cars, one of them will still be better than the other two. Yeah. But they're still bad cars. So the problem is that you're trying to approach it, you're trying to approach dating through the lens of a guy, you know, because we're going to be friends first before we become best friends. Yeah, that's what we do when we find a guy friend. But the difference is you, you don't want to fuck your guy friend. Yeah, so exactly. There's, there, there's a flaw in that, right? The inherent idea behind your attraction to a woman is frankly you want to fuck her. And ideally you'd want her to in share long, the same thing. In the long or in the short term. Doesn't matter. Like, we're, we're, we're dogs. Yeah, we're <laughs> That's dogs. what it's like. Dogs on the streets. Yes. So I think there's a limit. Both of us believe that if you're friends with a girl, guys can't be friends with girls. No. You're holding off for the idea that you know she's gonna choose you. You know what's so funny? Yeah. Whenever I talk to a girl and, and she's like, Do you have female best friends? Yeah. And I tell them, No, I don't. They're actually shocked. Because there's so many girls that think they have a guy best friend that's only there because he wants to be friends with her, that it's mind-blowing to them if you tell them, I've never had a girlfriend, like, like a girl-girlfriend, mm -hmm. um, and I, I never want to. Because not, that's not how it works like. It never did. You that's know? the, it's the solipsistic nature of women. They don't, the same way they don't realize that the Tinder experience is not the same, that the dating experience that they have is not the same for guys. Mm -hmm. They don't 
see it. Like to them, it doesn't seem illogical to have a guy friend. He's just a friend, right? In some way, it makes sense, but when you understand it from a perspective of a guy, I don't have time to waste on a, on a girl being my friend. And um, I've, I've never thought about um, getting in, in such a situation, being just the friend of a girl. And um, it never worked out yeah. for people that surrounded me, for guys that I know. Um, and, and I don't think it, it, it can work, to no. be honest. No, but it is. The irony is that anybody who's played Far Cry 3 knows that quote, you know, insanity, the definition is repeating the same thing over and again and expecting a different result. A lot of guys, and this is the, the stupidity of us, is that we do the same things over and over again, mm. expecting that one woman will reciprocate and be, be different. Like, you know what's funny? Let's hear you Google something. You're going to choose the first or the second result. True. Yeah, probably. But because it comes up first. Yeah. But when you're going you're through, lazy. when you're trying to break through, let's say, let's say you go through a breakup. And, um, and this happened to me actually. Went through a breakup and you go to Google how to get your ex back. Mm. And it didn't click to me until I was on like page 12, looking for one forum where one dude would give me the slimmest amount of hope that what I was trying to do mm. was a sensible thing. Because you know, you're looking for confirmation. And this is the thing is, is it's such a narrow-minded perspective of thinking, nah, but it's going to be different. You know, I'll have a, a girlfriend and then she'll become a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I, just have to, I just have to be true to myself. And everybody told me I have to be open with her and tell her my emotions. And, yeah, no. and it never works. And these guys get burnt and they're going to get hurt. Because those guys that open up to, to, to the girls with their emotions and, and try to help out like with their problems, they're just getting abused mentally. I mean, and, what it is that they're girlfriends. Yeah. Like if you think about it, think of, a, think of how you spend time with a girl, right? What you talk about and how the energy is. Now imagine a guy you're hanging out with, but you have that same interaction. You don't want that. No. And women don't want that either. A woman doesn't want yet another girlfriend to date with. You know, because then it's then it's a girl and not a man. Exactly, she doesn't want that. Like, there's a, there's a beautiful thing in in the fact that we are different men and women, and we're complementary to one another. It's the yin and the yang, mm -hmm. and that's why the masculine needs the feminine, and the feminine needs the masculine. We balance each other out. We're better together than we are apart. And so the worst thing you can do is try to match the other person's energy. This is, I mean, that's really all it boils down to. We you you can't. Just try to match the other person's energy. You have to be able to sort of complement them. Even two dudes with the same energy level, this is not going to pass. Probably not. Yeah. One's always going to be a little bit more dominant. One's going to be a little bit more feminine. But that's it's like even in social situations, you know. Like if you think about it, back in the classroom, there's always there was one guy that was just he was just the man. Mm -hmm. He just understood it, and he was he could fuck around. Yeah. And if you try the same thing, fuck around with the other guys in the class and with the girls in the class, you know, it's, it works either way. He had the energy. Mm. And I think a lot of guys will be disappointed because they can't pull up the same energy, but that's just how life works. Mm. You know, and we inherently look at other people and we think, oh, their life is so much better. But 
they might think the same about, about you, you know, about their life and, and compared and everybody's comparing. And um, as you said, um, girls tend to take advantage from, from those relationships. Mm -hmm. And um, they're really good at taking advantage of guys that um, might have fallen in love with them and, and got feelings for them, just hiding them. Mm -hmm. So they can actually spend time with those people, those girls, yeah. and um, not being honest. You know? Because the moment you're honest uh, about your feelings and your attentions with those girls, they're gone. The thing is, men are in the realm of the sexual market. We're looking for sex and women are looking for attention. Mm. Right. Like the reason why a woman will post seductive photos on Instagram and bikini shots and whatnot, because it's not that she needs 50 dudes sliding into her DMs, but it fucking feels good. It feels good, yeah. You know, I can tell you this firsthand. I, I, I don't know what the situation was, but it happened a, a while back. I think it was because I was working out a lot. And I, maybe it was on Tinder, but where a woman that I considered unattractive was hitting on me and was giving me a lot of confirmation mm. how amazing I was. And I that was the first time that I, as a man, felt what the majority of women feel every single day. You know, and it, it feels good. It's flattering for your ego. It, it, it feels it feels good for somebody to tell you how amazing you and are. Then imagine there are like 100, 200, 300 dudes hitting on you. And the amount of guys that are actually attractive hitting on you rises. But also, yeah. also the the question is how many of those guys are actually unique in their approach, right? Also, think Probably about it, not. Think about it like this: there is no shortage of pretty women, but yeah. there is a shortage of successful guys. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of dudes are actually like successful. Yeah, and so that that disparity is always going to be a, a present in the world. And, and you, as a dude, it's your best interest. We're in competition, realistically speaking, right? Obviously, we have different tastes as dudes, but if we were to walk into a room and we both like the same girl, only one of us can take it home. Yeah. So it's, it, it, we it's have gonna, to figure it out. <laughs> you know, either there's going to be a handshake or there's going to be fists involved in a way or, or a mental mental capacity, but she's only coming home with one of us. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the reality, I think, of, of, of the dating world. Um, I don't even know what the question was initially. I think it was something about boys and girls being men and women yeah, being friends. And then developing into something. Look, I wouldn't dis I wouldn't say that it's impossible. I'm sure there's you could find couples that, that were just friends first. It's a difference. It's it's a big difference. Um, being open about it, about your feelings, especially. Mm -hmm. If she got feelings and you got feelings and you're talking about it or you're aware of it and, and you're still having a good relationship based on on a good relationship that you can have with a guy. Mm -hmm. But if you have a relationship with a girl and you're just friends and it's just one-sided, you have feelings for her, you never told her about it and you know she, she doesn't have feelings for you because um, she's telling you about other guys that she's dating, about other dudes she got feelings for, then it's not healthy, you know? You, you can have a relationship when, when it's two sides that have like feelings for each other and then and, and connect in a different way. You can have a friendship, but it's more than just a friendship, you know? I mean, guys and girls can't be friends. Mm -hmm. That's when a guy doesn't find a woman attractive. Yeah. That's the case. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm friends with my best friend's girlfriends. Yeah, exactly. That's a different, totally, totally, different totally different story. It's a totally different story, yeah. So, and I mean, it's, you, you can be friends, but yeah. realistically speaking, no. Yeah. 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 
Um, I'd add to this one of the, the best parts about one of my favorite books of all time, which is The Rational Male from Roald Tomasi. He says, you always want to be looking for genuine desire in women. That's when a woman's giving you the eyes, you know, women's eyes, there's a reason why in Scarface, Al Pacino says the eyes cheeker than ever lie, because a woman will convey, women, you know, men, we communicate this way. You know, if I like you, I'm just going to tell you I like you. But as a woman, I will show you. And with men, we're, we're retarded in this. And we don't know how to pick up these things. That's why guys will always be like, but I don't know if, when, when is the right moment to make the first move? When's the right moment to, to you know, like touch her or whatever? It's never and always is the answer. No. You, know? you never know. You never know. You have to try out. Either you fail or not. Yeah. And this ties into his next part. He says, additionally, I'd like to hear your perspective on what makes somebody attractive to guys other than looks. For example, healthy exercising habits, interests, sports, life experience, injuries, and how these impact this. I'm inquiring about the latter due to my, due to how his type is typically the type of women who are outdoor sports oriented. Mm -hmm. um, though sports and life experience are all on the if I fall I die side for him. So it seems like he, he prefers sports to a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I guess adrenaline junkie. Um, which he thinks is interpreted as not ideal for a partner in the eyes to the guy. Because I guess his type of woman is a woman who would be into extreme sports, which maybe he considers is not attractive. I mean, this is this is a very subjective question, right? Because what we prefer as men is, is very different. I'll never forget I was on this um, on this date, there's this friendship, you know, she adds me on Tinder and she sends me a smiley face. I'm like, okay, go on. And then we go out and she's like, oh, I'm going to bring a friend along. I'm like, shit, you know, because that's a good thing, but it also means that you're going to have to, at some point, separate them if you want to advance. And it was great because I had two friends with me. So the question was just which one of the other two friends was going to grab the other girl. And when, when all was said and done, and I was talking to this guy a couple of days later. He said, wow, you know, his girl, my girl, he said, it was really, really hot. And I said, well, I actually thought your girl was just really not attractive to me. And he said, well, I thought your girl was not attractive. And it was, it was so interesting to see because, you know, as a guy, I think we have this filter in our brain where you walk and you look at a woman, you just go yes or no. It's a radar system. Right. You, you, you blend them out. It's just yes or no. So yeah. if you're interested or if you're not interested, it, it's the most basic question. And so, you 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 can't go through life thinking that just one type of person is attractive because what I find attractive you might find like completely against could be just hair color could be the voice you know it could be I don't know I'm not a fan of like earrings and makeup and and, and jewelry and and you know like fake Botox and stuff that's something that, that to me turns me off but there's dudes who will kill to yeah. get a woman like that. And that's the that's the thing you have to go through. That's the beauty about it. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise uh, everybody would hit on the same girls, and yeah. then there wouldn't be any on the market anymore. You know, so um, I think um, being being superficial is, is the first step. Yes, I, I, I would, think it's okay to be superficial. You know, and, and yeah, exactly, exactly. Like back to the topic where um, boys and men and, and women. Being, being friends, the only girls that I can be friends with are most of the time the partners, mm -hmm. the girlfriends from my friends, my male friends, yeah. you know, or co-workers, or, or co-workers, exactly, that you interact because you have to. Yes. 
but I would never go up to a girl that I'm not 100% attracted to in a superficial way. Yeah. Where's the point? Mm-hmm. There is no point. And, and if, if, if we connect on a different, different base, depends you you will never know without going up to them and talking to them but first of all it's superficial and there's nothing bad about it exactly nothing it yeah. always used to be like that and it will always be like that yeah. i think it was chris rock who said it to stand up he said you know only women children and dogs are loved unconditionally mm-hmm. man is loved only under the condition he can provide something and it's, it's the truth and it's not just a materialistical sense, it's as a man, you have to provide some sort of value. This goes back to that sales idea, mm-hmm. where you're selling yourself for a job, you're selling yourself for intimidate, so you wanna provide some entertainment value to this woman. You want her to have fun, you wanna make her laugh, you wanna make her feel good. I mean, it's not much to ask for. You know, so in essence, dating is it quite simple. Find a girl you like, muster the courage to ask her out, Compliment her, right? Don't tell her, oh my God, you got such nice melons, but be like, something inconspicuous. Choose something that the average dude wouldn't compliment. Just don't make it weird, but it could be like mm-hmm. something that she's wearing. Most of the time, they actually find it cute. Yeah. You could also be very direct, you know, but this also depends. You're going to find every guy has game, right? Game being this ability to play this thing with women, this, this, this energy. Every guy has game, not all game is effective. Mm-hmm. And you have to find the game that works for you. Some dude who's extremely masculine, extremely buffed up, extremely sexy, you know, Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt could walk up to a woman and say something really cringy. And he's, he's Brad Pitt. Exactly. He got the name behind his back already. Yeah. So. so there's a thin line between being a creep and, and being a hot attractive dude. And you have to find where you fit in that realm. Yeah. And so you're gonna start, you're gonna start pushing it. And that's why I think it's a good social experiment with like Tinder to see where it is that you are on that, on that, on that line. And you're going to realize how far you can push it before a woman goes like, whoa, dude, that's, that's too far. You, you, as, as we said, you can only learn it by getting rejected. Like I got yeah. rejected so many times already in my life. And, and that's why I didn't get rejected at the same time, quite a lot of times either. Like, you know, so you have to have the, those bad, bad experiences. You have to have them. Yeah. It's mileage. And this is perfect for his last question. Mm-hmm. He says, what are guys' perspectives of looking for, hey, I'm into you signals for women? I think it's really simple. The eyes, mm-hmm. biting her lip, mm-hmm. playing with her hair. Body language. Body language. When it comes to girls, it's all about body language yeah. and, and how they're looking at you. The eye contact, what, they, what they're checking out. Mm-hmm. And they check you out yes. big time. They will check you Yeah. How they behave mm-hmm. while they're around you, while they're surrounded by you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, at some point you will figure it out about the signals. It becomes really simple. I mean, from, mm-hmm. I'll tell you my experience. So this was the first girl I ever had, first, first serious relationship, first woman I was intimate with. Um, it was a day we were sitting on a bench and we had been talking for a really long time. And I, I didn't know how to make a move. Do you make a move? I didn't know if she was interested in me. We're talking about movies or something. And at some point I noticed, I didn't realize until later, but she had glanced at my lips. Mm-hmm. I, I'd seen it and it was somehow subconsciously. My advice is assume attraction. What that means is always assume that the woman you're hanging with is head over heels for you. Right? Just assume that she's really into you because 
What's going to happen is that worst case scenario, you're going to go in, let's say for the kiss, and she's just going to be like, whoa, 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 I'm not too quick, too quick, or you know, I'm not into it. And, yeah. But if nothing else, your body language can influence hers as well. You want her to be sort of, you know when they say swoop a girl by her heels? That's, they, they, they like that inherently. A woman mm. likes like, you know, if you just grab her and twist her around and look her dead in the eyes and eye contact is brilliant. Mm. Even if it's just, just stare at her quietly into her eyes. Obviously they're doing it in a creepy way, yeah. right? Also try to convey, you, you can say things with your eyes. It's, that's why they say, you know, women will fuck you with their eyes first because they will give off this thing. Like, if you look at a woman on a date, and you just send her the thoughts that you're feeling, like telepathically, just tell her with your eyes the things you would do to her. Just don't tell her with Throw them a smile and, and, and make them, you can make them so vulnerable yes. just looking at them. But in a good way, in, in a good way, in a good way. And then you have to, the thing is, if, if you're not taking action right after that, then it won't work. You have to take action after, after, after having eye contact with them. You need to so. strike while the iron is hot. Exactly. You know, you need to, that's why when, when guys say, well, they have the problem, I had this problem in the past, big time is, where's the right moment? Mm. It's like, again, never and always. You create the moment. That's why when you're setting up for dates, my suggestion is create a, a system where you, you go to a place you're familiar, you've got, like when a date ends, let's say we go for a drink, you know, okay, we have a fun time, we have a little bit of chemistry, obviously you're a little bit tipsy, which helps, but when you, you know, let's say you walk her to her car or to your car, whatever, try to, to find the location that is a little bit romantic, you know, maybe um, something that you can get some keynote, a little bit of touching is always good. You may have, you have to make her um, comfortable. It's my number, all about my number one rule is situation. when you go for a date for the first time, whatever you do, don't give her your hand, hug her. Yeah. Because you break yeah. the fourth wall. Jesus Christ, if you, if you give her the hand, it's, it's it's over. Yeah. It, it, I think literally that's the, the number one killer when guys go on a date and they give her the hand. Mm. If she comes with her hand open, that's fine. You put your hands up and you just you invite her into the hug. No no girl's ever gonna say no. It's just a hug. It would yeah, be extremely just a hug. And if she said no, then you can just walk right off. You don't want to have anything to do with that one. I only give girls the hand when, when I'm totally not interested in them and I want to give them the signal yes. that I'm not interested yes. in. Or if it's in a setting that's not you know, appropriate to, to giving hugs. Yeah. yeah. Which is quite rare, to be fair. It's very rare. Yeah. I mean, on your job, maybe. Yeah. For example, but they're... Realistically, you could always hug a person. Yeah. never really be awkward. It shouldn't yeah. be, you know, because it's just a hug. People it's... will talk anyways. Exactly. And you're going to forget about it within, within seconds, but it, mm -hmm. it makes it easier so that when you do go in for the first move, when you do go in for the kiss, you don't want that moment to be the first time you're touching her. That's that. It, that's an uncomfortable jump, right? You're not going step. By, that's like having sex before you've kissed. It's. I don't think anybody can pull that. Give her, give her the chance to smell you. You know what I mean? And smell her as well. Yeah, yeah, smell yeah. her as well. Obviously. <laughs> also, gives you, then. also gives you the opportunity to comment her. Right? Like you hug her and you're, oh my god, you smell so nice. Mm -hmm. yeah, or like yeah. you can touch her hair. Like, oh my god, your hair's so soft. Yeah. What shampoo do you use? And she's like, oh my god, you know, yeah, just she already got a topic to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> So many good opening lines. So much. It's very, very simple. It doesn't have to be cheesy pickup lines. And um, I always say, I've, I've never, I've never used cheesy pickup lines in my life. I've never used a pickup line in my life ever. Being serious about something, you know. 
I only do it when I'm just fucking around, you know, yeah. when I'm drunk as shit, which doesn't happen that often anymore. And I'm just fucking around with girls. But if I take something serious, I would never use a cheesy pickup line, you know? That's not how it works. No. I prefer questions. Also, when I match somebody on Tinder, I just write the first thing that comes to mind. Mm. Um, if you really want to go for a, a good opener, I, I like questions like, what's your favorite cheese? Because you've got to think of it, that woman is talking to 20 dudes at the same time. And most of them are saying, hey, how was your day? Exactly. And you know, you imagine that you're sitting in, at a desk and there's 20 dudes talking to you and all of them, with, with 19 of them, you have the same conversation. Then one dude comes around and asks you, albeit a dumb question, but what's your favorite cheese? That question will stand out. You know, because it's like, you know, in business you have, um, let's say, I want to sell a, a, a course for English or whatever. Mm -hmm. You want to first get a person to get to your website, then you want to get them to actually buy it, then you want to get them to go back and buy it again. With Tinder, it's like, first you want to get a match, then you want to get a response, then you want to get a number or an Instagram or a date, then you want to have that date, then you want to go to the next step. It's just, it's a very simple, you know, step-by-step -step process. And as soon as you see that somebody is not interested, women won't tell you they're not interested, but they'll show you they're not interested. Yeah, you figure she it out not quite Yeah, she's not responding for a long time. Is she, you know, is she giving you bad excuses? It's, mm. In the beginning, it seems counterintuitive because as a guy, thinking rationally, you would, like, I, when I was dating in the beginning, I would prefer for women just said, hey, I'm not, not interested. Don't yeah. message me. I would prefer that because it would save my time. But that's wait for them. They have to actually, you know, I think they don't want to. If she's interested, she will make time. She will 100% make yeah. time to, to answer your, your messages. Yeah. 100%. And she'll make efforts to. Your calls, your messages. Yeah. She will make efforts. She will be interested. She will um, ask questions herself. You know, we all know those conversations on social media yeah. where you're basically doing a job interview with her and she's just responding with a yes or a no. And, and just just stop. Yeah. Ironically, the best, way, the best way is like, let's see, you've got a girl you're not very interested in she's really into you and you want to like get her to stop mm. all you have to do is just be really nice about her mm, that's yeah. all you have to do and she'll be gone in a minute yeah, yeah. you know uh, or ignore her you can do both you can just delete yeah. the conversation and, and, and move on mm -hmm. yeah i personally like to be relatively direct to be polite and just like look i'm not interested not interested don't say the same thing i think if, if you want to um have girls being fair and, and honest with you you have to do the same with them. Yes. So just tell them you're not interested and, and because otherwise you're not like in the situation or in, to, to receive the same treatment from, from women. Yeah. Demonstrate, do not explicate. You don't, you don't want to tell them. You just want to show them how you'd like the thing to go. And women are brilliant at following lead. They're brilliant at playing you know, this ping pong with you. But you have to take that first swing. You have to show them how it's done and they'll join in. And most of the time they'll enjoy it. They love being yeah. guided. They love being led. And it completely makes sense. And I think once you figure it out, it becomes child's play. It becomes really easy and it becomes enjoyable because you can enjoy these slight flirtations in everyday life without the, the, the necessary stress of saying, oh, no, I'm introverted. Oh, no, I'm uncomfortable talking to women. It'll go away. And once it goes away, you'll see the big picture and you'll be like, oh my God, it was so simple. I think it's quite a good point to close the circle with all the, the, the stuff that we talked about. And I think a good closer would be coming back to 
the bullshit about toxic masculinity. There is no such thing as toxic masculinity. Be proud of being masculine. Work on your body, work on your mind. Be what you're supposed to be as a man. Yeah. And it will pay off at some point. And the girls, the girls will look for exactly that. They just need time to learn that they need that in life, you know. And for any of you who are doubtful of a masculine alpha man, I recommend you try it out. Try out that character for a month or two or three. Just give it a try. Come back after that time and tell me I was wrong. Because you won't. Probably you realize it works. You realize that it functions. And I was in those shoes, you know, I was I was in this this place in 2020 very early where I sort of I felt a lot of anger. This is what happens to a lot of guys. They do the same thing nobody else did. Mm. They fail. They're not getting anywhere with women, they're not getting anywhere with life. Um, they're overweight, they're they're not living the happy life that you should be living first alone. They're actually lonely instead of being alone. Mm. And then they start offloading that hate on women. And I think that's the that's actually the toxic part. That's that's and the toxic part because that's exactly what women do with, with us men. Yeah. 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 And it has nothing to do with masculinity. You know, toxic is toxic. Whether it's masculine, feminine, mm -hmm. neutral, it's it's gonna be toxic. So you can be masculine, you can be feminine, and you can do all that without being toxic. I can only agree on that. And on that bombshell, I'm gonna wrap this one up. It was a wonderful conversation. I invite everybody to provide your comment criticism in the comment section below. If you're watching this on YouTube, anywhere else, feel free to share it with your friends. And um, as always, any comment under this episode will be utilized in future, um, future guests. I'll pick them up at random. Um, if you have questions for crypto specifically, then I'll try to get those out when I talk to somebody who's very experienced in that, in that nature. But you and I will be, uh, will be definitely doing this again. Probably in a, in a different scenario, different yeah. location. Probably in two months, maybe playing chess in between, you know, on vacation. So uh, somewhere sunny, yeah. close to, to the sea. Close to the sea for sure. Close to the sea. Yeah, guys, so leave a comment, put the notifications on, and enjoy the next one. And from us, that's a good one. Thank you.